हेलो दिस इज दीक्षा फ्रॉम न्यूज लॉन्ड्री डॉट कॉम ब्रिंगिंग यू योर डेली डोज ऑफ न्यूज टूडे सैटरडे नवम्बर इंडिया रिकॉर्डेड एट थाउजेंड थ्री हंड्रेड एंड एटीन कोविड नाइनटीन केसेज एंड फोर हंड्रेड एंड सिक्सटी फाइव लिंक्स डेथ्स इन द लास्ट ट्वेंटी फोर आवर्स द टोटल कोविड टैली स्टैंड एट ओवर थ्री क्रोर फोर्टी फाइव लैक वाइल द डेथ टोल क्रॉस्ड फोर लैक So far India has administered over 121 crore covid-19 vaccinations of which over 73 lakh doses were given yesterday Prime Minister Narendra Modi is scheduled to hold a review meeting today with senior government officials to discuss the coronavirus situation in India The officials participating in the meeting include cabinet secretary Rajiv Gauba principal secretary to the prime minister PK Mishra union health secretary Rajesh Bhushan and Niti Aayog member Dr VK Paul The Supreme Court yesterday while hearing a public interest litigation asking the central government to follow up on recorded deaths within 30 days of immunization stated that it cannot cast doubts on covid-19 vaccines thereby referencing huge merits of vaccination ANI reported that 99 more medical students and faculty members tested positive for covid-19 in Karnataka's Dharwad town The total tally of medical students who tested positive for COVID-19 in the district stands at 281. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 260 million people, claiming the lives of over 5.1 million. Today, Union Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar urged farmers protesting at the borders of Delhi to end their agitation. This comes 2 days ahead of the repeal of the laws being discussed in Parliament's winter session, which is starting on Monday. The agriculture minister is expected to present a bill to repeal the three laws in the lower house of the parliament on Monday. The Bharatiya Janata Party has asked all its Lok Sabha MPs to be present on the day. Tomar added that a committee will be set up to discuss the issues that have been raised by the farmers. He said and I quote again, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has announced to constitute a committee to deliberate on the issues of crop diversification, zero budget farming, and making minimum support price system more transparent and effective unquote last week the prime minister's announcement about the repeal of the farm laws was welcomed by the farmer groups but they had said that they will stay put at the protest sites till the laws are formally repealed the farmers also said that they are waiting for their other demands to be met they have also announced a march to the parliament on november 29 in which over 1000 people and 60 tractors will partake according to farmer leader rakesh tiket speaking of the farmer protests i'm reminded of what a farmer said about the media in my colleague nidhi suresh's latest video report from singhu border the farmer gurdyal singh from patiala said that the media has played a very important role in their year long protest they've done this in two ways he said some media houses have given their protest the due coverage and made it not just a national but an internationally discussed movement but a section of the media throughout their protest he said has been involved in maligning them by calling them terrorists khalistanis anti india and what not do watch nidhi suresh's full report on what the other farmers had to say as the laws were repealed and their protest completed a year the report is titled one year of protests farmers on modi's repealed speech and the media and to know what the farmers are talking about when they say that a section of the media maligned them watch this week's episode of tv newsense on newslaundry.com where manisha pandey shows how the tv news channels changed or stuck to their narratives on the protests and how many of them were taken by surprise not knowing what line to take and listeners here at newslaundry 
Our reporters went to the protest sites all year round to know what the protesters on the ground had to say. Just searching the words farmer protests on newslaundry.com will draw up multiple reports, part of our extensive ground coverage of the protests. But this was only and only possible because one, we are not funded by the government or private corporations, which enables us to do fair and accurate journalism. And two, because our coverage is powered by the people itself, our precious subscribers. So, if you want us to keep doing the work we do, become a subscriber today. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. The central government has set up a Central Vista Oversight Committee for two years in order to overcome challenges ensure coordination across ministries for the Central Vista project. The redevelopment project will include the construction of a new parliament house and several other ministry offices, including the Vice President's House in Delhi. An order from the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs stated the importance of an oversight committee in order to deal with several aspects in the implementation of the project. It said, and I quote, Various aspects relating to the project, including development of cultural spaces and seamless coordination between various stakeholders, would need close oversight. Accordingly, it is proposed to set up an oversight committee. Unquote. The oversight committee is supposed to meet regularly and undertake site inspection for an independent review. It will then submit the reports to the housing ministry at the centre. Further on, this committee will ensure coordination for integration of different projects and the maintenance of high standards in the project's execution. Currently, the central government reviews the developments in the project regularly through a web-based Central Vista project monitoring system which reflects the project progress on a real-time basis. There have been several petitions filed against the Central Vista project and its construction in both the Delhi High Court and the Supreme Court, alleging environmental and procedural lapses, which were all subsequently dismissed and the project continued. To get a deeper understanding of this project and how with its irregularities it was pushed through by the Narendra Modi government, read Alpana Kishore's analysis on it on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Bit by Bit, Trick by Trick, How Central Vista Became a Reality. The Indian Express reported that yesterday in Gurugram Sector 37, a group of over 100 people occupied a site designated for namaz in order to conduct a havan. The people said that the havan ceremony was meant to pay tribute to the victims of the 26-11 Mumbai terror attacks. Among those who participated in it was Dinesh Bharti, the president of an organization called the Bharat Mata Wahini. He had earlier led demonstrations against the offering of namaz in public places in Gurugram Sector 47 and was booked for allegedly promoting enmity between the Hindu and Muslim communities. According to NDTV, some of the Muslims present there planned to leave the spot without offering prayers. However, nearly 25 people stayed back to offer namaz. As they offered their prayers, a group of people reportedly shouted slogans of Jai Shri Ram and Bharat Mata Ki Jai less than 30 meters away from the ground. Avnish Raghav, one of the organizers of the Havan, told the Indian Express that the Havan ceremony had nothing to do with the namaz and that they perform it every year. He stated that they chose that particular site as there was not enough space elsewhere in the locality. Raghav further added that the people should refrain from offering namaz on roads as that was an industrial area. He said, and I quote, There have been several incidents of crime here. I'm not saying that all who come here are antisocial elements, but this has to be checked, unquote. For the past three months, 
Hindutva groups have been repeatedly blocking Muslims from gathering for Friday prayers at open spaces in the city. On account of this, the district administration withdrew permission for the namaz to be held at 8 out of the 37 sites that were designated for prayers. The Andhra Pradesh government said yesterday that the death toll in rain and flood-related incidents has risen to 44 in the state. As per the state government statement, a total of over 1900 villages in over 100 mandals of four districts, Kadapa, Chittur, Anantapur and Nellore were affected by the floods. Out of these villages, 211 were completely inundated, claiming the lives of 44 people, while 16 remain missing. The government statement said and I quote, the rains which started after the first week of this month continue to fall today. The rains began on the 16th and 17th. As never seen before in history, heavy rains inundated Rayalaseema. The streets of Tirumala and in the town of Tirupati, we have experienced heavy rains and vehicles being washed away. Unquote. The government added that power supply in four districts has been restored and necessities were being provided to over 95,000 flood-affected families. It has also announced the speeding up of the payment of compensation in cases where houses were damaged fully and partially by the floods. It stated that in cases where accommodations were completely damaged, the government was marking rupees 1.8 lakh for a new house along with a compensation of 95,000 rupees. Before I move on listeners, I would like to inform you that new episodes of Daily Dose will not be published on Monday and Tuesday as our reporters and producers who bring you the show will be occupied with a few team training sessions. In the meanwhile, I recommend you to catch up on this year's sessions of the Media Rumble, the annual media forum by News Laundry and Teamwork Arts. This year's lineup featured speakers such as Akash Panerjee of the Deshbhakt, Faye D'Souza, Josie Joseph, Hansel Mehta, Disha Ravi and many others. And don't worry, you don't have to go hunting for each session. We have compiled all the sessions on our website newslaundry.com. Just type the Media Rumble on the search bar to find it. All the sessions of the Media Rumble are also available on News Laundry's YouTube channel. The Ministry of External Affairs announced yesterday that Russia's President Vladimir Putin will visit India and meet Prime Minister Narendra Modi on 6th December for the 21st India-Russia Annual Summit. As per a report in the Indian Express, the meeting between Modi and Putin might lead to specific outcomes in the fields of defence, trade and energy. The two countries are likely to renew a framework for military technical cooperation for the next decade. According to an unidentified official, India and Russia might announce a joint commission on technology and science. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and the Defence Minister Sergei Shoigu will visit India on 5th and 6th December for the 2 plus 2 dialogue. The Hindustan Times quoted Russian officials stating that during the inaugural session of the 2 plus 2 dialogue, the two countries are expected to discuss the situation in the Asia-Pacific region, including Syria and Afghanistan. India and Russia will reportedly sign a reciprocal exchange of logistics agreement which would allow the militaries of two countries to access logistics at each other's bases. Till now, India has had 2 plus 2 ministerial dialogues with the United States, Australia and Japan. The emergence of a new COVID variant has led multiple countries to take precautionary measures including the US, members of the EU and India. The World Health Organization yesterday classified the B.1.1.529 strain of COVID-19 as a variant of concern, thereby naming it Omicron. As per the WHO, 
the new variant is much more concerning as it has a large number of mutations. The organization said that the number of cases of the Omicron variant was seen to be rising in almost all provinces in South Africa after it was first detected there on November 24. It urged countries to report the first cases or clusters linked to the Omicron variant, adding that field investigations should be carried out. Subsequently, US President Joe Biden announced a ban on all travelers from eight countries in Southern Africa from 29th November. Meanwhile, Moderna, the US-based pharmaceutical company, announced yesterday that it is developing a booster shot against the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Members of the European Union's Crisis Response Panel have deliberated on the need to impose temporary travel restrictions on to and fro travel to Southern Africa. The United Kingdom, meanwhile, already announced a travel ban on six South African countries, which came into effect yesterday. The countries included in the ban are South Africa, Namibia, Lesotho, Eswatini, Zimbabwe and Botswana. Germany, France, Italy, Singapore and Israel have also announced bans on travel from the region. In India, states and union territories have been advised to take note of the new variant and to ensure screening of international travellers, with the Mumbai mayor announcing mandatory quarantine for those arriving from South Africa. The test samples of such passengers will also be sent for genome sequencing, the mayor added. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.